welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Now, I have to be completely honest. When I was pulling together my content for this segment, I struggled just a little bit. And the reason that I struggled is because when I thought about the word Titan, the first words, the descriptive words that came to my mind were things like powerful and warrior and, uh, you know, like uh, just hard and, and fierce. And while those are all great descriptive words, I was thinking, I was thinking about lessons from Titans. And when I think about lessons from Titans, especially in business, I, I automatically flip to the people that I take lessons from in business. And I don't know that Titan would be the first word that I would use to describe them. And that, that frustrated, like, like that frustrated with me. I was in my feelings about it. And then I took a step back for a moment and I was like, well, well, let's think about this. Those people that you take lessons from, those people that you've really learned from, that you've followed, are there words in there that could be Titan-esque? that you're just not thinking of? 
Are there qualities? Are there other words that you can think of that maybe would label them a Titan that doesn't have to feel so hard and so rough and so rugged? Because while those are all great qualities, when I think about the leaders and, and the quote unquote Titans that I have learned from in the business industry, those people, I know they would not describe themselves as Titans. And they're compassionate people. They're extremely passionate people. They're people that serve. They serve their, their themselves first and foremost. They serve their teams or their businesses and they serve their communities. So I had to erase my whole thoughts and I was like, okay, let's start over. And as I started to list what I feel like the qualities of the people that I have learned from in business, I could start to see this Titan-esque way about them. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to share with you what I feel like are some of the most common and highest habits that those titans in business have and lessons that we have learned from those habits. So first and foremost, they wake up early and they have a morning routine. And you know, I feel like sometimes when we say morning routine, everybody feels like it it has to follow like this certain pattern. I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do that for it to qualify as a morning routine. And quite honestly, you get to decide what your morning routine is. However, your morning routine is going to dictate your day. And those Titans that have literally taught me lessons in business, they have a morning routine, whether they get up and they're reading from a devotional or, or they're reading a devotional or, you know, they're getting right spiritually, whatever that looks like for them. They're doing something along those lines. They're also doing something that gets their body in motion, that gets them moving. They're also getting in that thinking time or that mind space time, whatever it is that they need in order to set their mind right for the day. Those things are habits that they have that they possess and have made them extremely successful. Yet you get to decide whatever your morning routine was. So I just want to make that point. So they wake up early and they have a morning routine. The second thing is is they ask for help from their board of advisors. And their board of advisors are just that. They're coaches and advisors in respective areas. So financial on their board of advisors would be like a financial advisor, someone that can really help them in finance, right? They have someone who may be a spiritual advisor. They've got someone who might be a health and fitness advisor. They make up their board of advisors. The point here is, is that they have one. The next thing is that they protect their time. And there's one person in particular who comes to mind when I think about protecting time. This would be not only the co-founder, yet current CEO of Keller Williams Realty. And when I heard him talking about protecting his time, I had heard it in a way that I had never heard it before. He's extremely passionate about protecting his time. So much so that he knows there are going to be times where he doesn't protect it like he should. So he actually has two individuals on his team that are designated the protectors of his time. And you have to get through them in order to even get on his calendar. Because with the amount of things that he has to do on a regular basis, where he spends his time and what he spends his time on it has to be extremely purposeful. So they protect their time. The next point is they plan and they set goals. They plan and they set goals. And they don't just plan. They take that plan and then they turn it into a yellow brick road. That is what's going to get them to the actual goal. It's something that's in front of them. It's something that they're constantly talking about. As a matter of fact, about 75% of the time, they're talking about the goal, constantly talking. With the, it's in front of them. They talk to their teams about it. They talk to their board of advisors about it. They're constantly talking about what the goal is. And the planning is their yellow brick road in order to get there. Now, not only... Do they have plans and they have goals? They are constantly doing audits on that. They're making sure that they're making progress to those goals. They're making sure that they're following the plan. And when things on the plan aren't working, they don't change the goal. They don't change the entire plan. They just course correct. 
They're able to do that though, because they're measuring it along the way. They've also become masters at talent scouting. Now, this is an extremely important one, and and I'll go right back to Gary Keller. He's somebody who's been a mentor uh, from afar for me. And when you ask Gary, I mean, he's the CEO and co-founder of Keller Williams Realty. He is in a company that has 185,000 agents. Like he is, to get your arms around that is crazy. And yet what Gary would tell you that his job is, is his number one job now today is scouting talent. They literally are constantly observing people and where their skill sets are. Are they coachable? Do they have something in them that maybe a lot of people don't see? Find that diamond in the rough, so to speak. Or he can find that individual that he feels will have greatness. So he's constantly observing people, people that are surrounding him, people that are doing great things in the world, and he's getting into conversation with them. He understands the importance of not only scouting talent, however, also talking to them about opportunities. That's how he's able to create additional opportunities, because he's constantly in conversation with talented individuals, scouting for those talented individuals. Lessons from Titans, their habits would also include, they build trusting teams. And trusting is such an important word in this phrase. Because people can build teams and trusting teams are absolutely different. And a story that comes to mind for me was actually shared by somebody that I follow at a very high level, Simon Sinek. And he was talking about this person that he actually built a relationship with um, and he was talking to him while he was writing his book, The uh, the Infinite Game. And this gentleman's name is Bob Chapman. And Bob Chapman uh, is currently the founder and CEO of a um, manufacturing company that's out in the Midwest. And I believe it's Barry Waymore, Waymiller. Um, and in 2008, they got hit really hard. And they found that they literally needed to find a way to make up $10 million. And so when he got together with his board of advisors, naturally their first thought was a bunch of layoffs. We have to lay off people. We have to let them go. And Bob said, absolutely not. And here's why. Because Bob is not a person who believes in head count. Bob is a person who believes in heart counts. And he said, absolutely not. We're not going to lay off people. And so after spending several hours in a boardroom with the board members, they came up with a solution. And that solution essentially was better all of us suffer a little than any one of us suffer the most. And so they came up with a program where instead of laying anybody off, they would have a mandatory um, program. vacation or unpaid uh, personal time off program. Each individual in the organization would have to take four weeks that would be unpaid. And this would allow him to save jobs. It didn't matter when you took that time. It didn't matter whether it was consecutive or not. Just throughout the year, you had to take four weeks off and it was unpaid. And unexpectedly, the morale and the company went up. And they actually were able to not only recover that $10 million, it was actually $20 million. Because here's what happened. People who could afford to take more time off took five weeks so that people who couldn't afford to take the time off only had to take three weeks. Heart count, not head count. And because of that, he was able to build trusting teams. That's very important. The next tip here is that they lead. These titans, they lead. They're leaders. Not only do they lead themselves, they lead their organizations, and they lead their communities. And this is extremely important. The best leaders, they are in the front of the room they cast the vision, they walk to the back of the room and they pick up the shovel. Any of the great Titans that we think about, they lead themselves, 
they lead their organizations, and they lead their communities. The next point here is they have passion for what they do. And nobody explains passion better than somebody that I admire and follow and who mentors me from afar, which is Simon Sinek. And the way Simon describes passion is this. <coughs> Excuse me. Passion is an output. It's not an input. You don't do what you're passionate about. You experience passion when you're doing something that you believe in or that you have a deep personal connection to. And then passion is what you experience when you're doing that thing. So, so often I think people have this idea that they need to be passionate about what they're doing. They need to find their passion. And the reality is you need to ask yourself, what is it that I'm deeply connected to? What is it that I believe in? What is it that's important to me? Go find that thing and then do it. Because when you do that thing, you will then experience passion. The next tip here is that those Titans, they cast massive vision. And somebody mentioned Walt Disney earlier, and he's who comes to mind for me when we talk about casting vision. And the irony in Walt Disney's story is he had a vision about Walt Disney World and he died before it ever came to fruition. I think the importance in saying that is, look at Disney World today. There's somebody who is running that massive empire. There's somebody who is carrying out that vision day in and day out, not just somebody. There are several somebodies who are literally carrying out that vision every single day. And the importance in telling you the story is that they don't necessarily have to be the ones who thought of the vision. They don't necessarily have to be the ones who created the vision. When we think about vision, if we don't have our own vision or we don't create our own vision, we can go find a vision that it literally is in alignment with what we believe in and the way we think, and we can be a part of that vision. And Walt Disney's story is a true testament to that. He literally cast this vision and he drew out, it's, it's actually quite fascinating. If you go to Google and you Google Walt Disney's Disney map, he actually drew it out. He saw it in his mind and before he ever lived to see it, it, like it wasn't even created. He passed away before he ever lived to see it. And now look at what they've accomplished because somebody else saw his vision and was bought into it and was able to carry that out. Several someones. The next thing is these Titans, they track everything. We're talking about lessons from Titans in business. And we know that business people, they're numbers people. They know their numbers. And we're talking about every single number, every number. It's not just the net profit number, the bottom line number. It's not just the number of employees that work for you. It's the number of five-star reviews that they're getting in their organization. It's the number of complaints or opportunities. Business titans, they know their numbers inside and out. They track them because they want to get better. They want to learn from their mistakes. They want to know if they're making progress. So tracking your numbers, tracking everything when it comes to your numbers. These titans, they're also learning-based. These individuals, they remain a student of the game. They attend masterminds and classes. And as Ramon said, they read and they read constantly. They remain students of the game. And I ask myself this question when I think about them. You know, for somebody who has reached the level that a lot of these Titans have reached. How do you continuously remain a student of the game? Because I'm sure you've heard it over and over again. You've heard the same stuff over and over again. The same five successes, the same 10 great habits. I mean, the, the information is delivered the exact same way over and over and over again when you break it down. And yet what I believe is they're constantly looking for and listening for the thing that they don't, know, they don't necessarily know what it is, yet they constantly have their antenna up and they're listening for the thing that maybe they don't know to listen for yet. However, they're listening with the ears of a student. 
And that's hard to do. If you've taken a class multiple times or you've read a book multiple times, it's really easy to go, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I know that. It's really hard to hear it from, from literally like virgin ears, someone who has never heard it before, yet they remain a student of the game. And my last point here is, and maybe one of the most important points, is they expect failure. They absolutely expect it. They know that there are going to be times when they are going to fail. They're going to fall flat on their face. Sometimes it's just in one area of their business. Yet a lot of them would probably tell you that they have failed massively to the point of breaking down to foundation, completely failing a company, failing all of the time that they spent, losing tons of money. And you know what? They take lessons from that failure. They get up and they do it all over again. I've talked to several of what I would consider titans, and they've told me that story. Millions of dollars, tons of people, tons of time, and they literally have failed down to foundation. And I think Ramon said earlier, instead of laying there and sucking your thumb or sucking their thumb, they got up and they did it all over again. So just to recap, my friends, that was they wake up and they have a morning routine. They have, they ask help ask for help from their board of advisors. They are protectors of their time. They plan and they set goals. They master scouting talent. They build trusting teams. They're leaders. They lead themselves first and then their organizations and their communities. They have passion. They cast massive vision. They track everything in their business when it comes to numbers. They are learning based and they expect failure. So with that, I believe we have about eight minutes left and I would actually love to open this up. Justin, are you with us, my brother? I sure am, friend. So you are somebody that I absolutely consider a Titan. And so I would love for you to tell me, since I consider you a Titan, for you to tell me a lesson that you have learned from a business Titan. Well, I'm excited that you asked me that question because I'm putting together um, a segment tomorrow about Ryan Serhan, right? And I've, I've spoken about him many, many times. The lesson I learned about him was if you want to get around somebody and learn from them, especially if they have a high profile, the best way to do that isn't by standing out that a lot of people try to do, right? Like I get a lot of calls because of my relationship with him about, hey, like, what do you suggest I do when I meet him? And I tell him the same thing. I'm like, bring him a problem. I said, he's a practitioner. He's an actual guy that likes solving issues. He's not just a TV celebrity. So everybody shows up there trying to be his best friend and really saying something unique to get the photo op because they think that's the solution. But I'm like, bring him an issue. Like you want to break into new developments. You're having a really tough time training your team, building a team, recruiting, and let him dig in. So I think if you bring an actual leader or practitioner a complex problem and then you back up, you let them solve it and here's the key point you implement what they teach you they're going to open the door and i can tell you amanda you're the same way um if somebody brings you something and then they implement it and then they come back to you are you going to give them back like fivefold the information you gave them i so appreciate you your answers are always just spot on i appreciate you my friend miss amelia are you with us if you are flash your mic yes ma'am i'm here Hello, doll. So you're somebody that I also consider a business titan. And I know we've only met once, yet the things that you do, I feel like are extraordinary. So if you would, I would love if you would share a lesson that you have learned from a business titan. Well, thank you. That's unbelievably kind. I mean, I think if I'm going to talk about titans that I've learned, and Simon Sinek is actually one of my friends. So thank you for giving him the credit that he absolutely has earned. He's an incredible human. Um, I think I'll go back to um, Warren Buffett. I, uh, my core, my foundation of building business, uh, he was my mentor. And, you know, he was very clear to me that when people show you who they are and how they, their work ethic and what they believe in and how they spend their time, you can't fix that. <laughs> All you can do is, you know, that reward system to reward those that who have the fire in their belly to go beyond what seems possible at the moment. And so being able to identify true champions 
uh, people who can lead in your company beyond your vision, right? There's a, there's a relationship between the visionary and their people, right? The team, because a true visionary allows the vision to be organic, to grow beyond them. It's a love and a passion and then a release to be bigger than you. That means your ego must die. And I think those type of things I learned from Warren, I learned from Oprah. I've had amazing, incredible titans um, that poured into me in my youth. And hopefully I turn around and do the same now to others. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you. Thank you. And that actually was the perfect answer for the next person. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Miss Liza Borges, are you with us? Good morning, Amanda. I am. Oh, she... I am. Can you hear me okay? I can, yes. Now, you are somebody, when I was talking about trusting teams, and I know we've never met, yet I've spent enough time with you and Scott Simons in this space. And when I was talking about trusting teams, you, I believe, are such a titan in this regard because what you share about the way that you pour into your people and the way that you literally communicate with your teams, I would love for you to share a lesson that you have learned from a business titan. Well, Amanda, I actually, I would love to share, but what I want to talk about for a second is something that you just said in your comments that completely stopped my workout. When you said passion is what you feel when you're doing something that you believe in. We always talk about, we ask people, you know, when we're connecting with them, learning about their goals, interviewing people to potentially join our team, we always are trying to figure out what people are passionate about. But you just switched my thinking that it's not learning what they're passionate about, but it's really understanding if they know what their purpose is and what they believe in so strongly that it will create passion in their work. So you today have inspired me to rethink about what passion is. So, so often when we're talking to our team or or looking for someone to join CMA, they'll say, well, I'm really passionate about serving others and, and giving to others. But if we go deeper than that and we start like peeling back the layers of the onion, the idea is, is they obviously believe that they can make a difference in people's lives. They believe that if they're in our company, in our industry, that they can connect with customers in a way that they can move their lives forward. That's what we always talk about. And then that's what creates the passion. The passion isn't that they want to serve others. The passion is, is they believe they can make a difference. So Amanda, you've inspired me today and I just wanted to share that real quick and appreciate your your segment this morning. Well, thank you. And I'll go right back to Simon. I mean, I, he is somebody, Amelia, I did not know he was your friend. You and I need to talk offline because he is on my bucket list. I just adore him and I follow him so closely. And it was him who gave me that perspective. So once you understand what people believe in, what they at like what what their deep connection with whatever that why is so you're absolutely spot on and that comes directly from him so i appreciate you and the last person that i want to pass the mic to miss joy farley are you with us doll good morning i'm working <laughs> out so <laughs> Hello, you're absolutely someone i consider a titan and quite honestly i saw that in you when you went through the 75 hard so i would love for you to share a lesson that you have learned from a titan if you would well i I think it's kind of funny my little brother plays for the titans in tennessee so i was actually on the podcast yesterday with justin and i was telling him when it comes to titans and people who are just amazing what they do they fight for each other and one of the things my little brother always tells me is when you know the people who are beside you, you fight harder for each other. And so every time I see someone who is massively successful in whatever they do, they don't go at it alone. They have an amazing team. They're not so caught up in ego that they think they can do it by themselves. And I think when you have such trust in each other that you all win together. And I'm just a big believer that there's enough sunshine to go around for all of us. And any Titan that I know in business and in life wants to see their whole team winning. And that's where I gain a lot of respect. So, so great to be here with you, my dear. 
I always love to call you doll, just like people are like, love calling you joy. So I hope you guys have an amazing day. Thanks for the space. Oh, I just adore you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And that is the perfect note to end on. So with that, I'm going to pass it to our amazing friend, Bill. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. Bill. Hey. 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 Yo, let's get this done. Come on, man. Let's get some real Hey, Bill. Hey. hey. This is Jeff the Entrepreneur. What up, brother? Hey. Hey. All right, guys. Hey. When I say hey, I try to do it from the diaphragm. And I, uh, I always joke around in my office when people are either not in the right posture or not in the right vocal posture, meaning we're not speaking with conviction. Someone unmute and say conviction. 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 Just imagine, just imagine if you were aware of your levels of conviction every single day. Just imagine if you were aware of like how other people are perceiving your communication style. Like the cheat code in life is to learn how to get to that communication level. Cause if there's like a pyramid on the levels of value that we can provide, I learned this from one of my mentors, the lowest level of value we can provide is the implementation level of value, right? So the implementation level of value is where you're just doing the thing. And I understand that there's certain cases where doing the thing is actually really powerful. So think about this in a business. Everyone wants to be promoted to a leader or a manager or people want to be CEO. And there's all this hot air about being a leader. Being a leader is not what it's cracked up to be. Like, for example, in a sales team, oftentimes the highest performing salesperson will get paid more than the sales manager. Can I get a yes if this is making sense? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So it has nothing to do. Like, everyone wants to be a leader, but, but sometimes being at that level of implementation is the right move for some people at a current phase in their life and getting really good at an expert level of implementation. However, usually this caps out at income wise, this caps out at around $100,000 a year, right? So there's a cap because you can only do so much when you're implementing yourself, right? And then the next level of value that we can provide is the value of management, right? Management of really anything, right? Management of people, management of tasks, right? And once we get past the ability to learn how to manage ourselves, we then graduate to the ability to manage projects, systems, people, right? So, but first, oftentimes, Managing oneself, Peter Drucker wrote this book. It's one of my top five books, Managing Oneself. This book talks about how like becoming super in tune with your natural God-given gifts and going all in on them and being aware of the things that drain energy from you and the things that give you energy actually is an input for you to be able to do the same thing for others. In other words, the more self-aware you are for yourself, the better you're able to lead others. Does that make sense? Can I get a yes? Yes. yes. Say with your chest, Bill. Okay, okay, okay. So that's the second level of value. And usually that caps out at somewhere around 200 to $300,000 a year, right? in terms of income in a business as an example here. And then the third level of value is where you can become a multi multi-millionaire, right? And this third level of value is the level of communicator, right? So the manager doesn't need to know how to communicate. Well, the manager can just manage a predefined strategy, a predefined set of projects or items that need to get done. 
the communicator level, this is where you have like Usher, for example, Usher, the performer and Justin Bieber getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So you can actually become really wealthy in the communication realm. And the communication realm is where you learn first how to communicate one-to-one at, and then you learn how to take that one-to-one communication and bring it one-to-many, right? And this is where you become a true leader. Can someone unmute and say the word leader? Leader. leader. Okay. So this is where you take your communication skills and you apply them not just on a one-to-one basis, but on a one-to-many basis, right? One-to-many, meaning you can speak from stage. You can speak in front of a team. You can inspire a team of people. You can inspire a group of human beings to take action. I know someone by the name of Glenn Lundy who's pretty good at that skill, okay? That is the third level of value. So that usually on average will cap out at a million dollars a year. So communication, I, I know this for myself. I, I was interviewed on a uh, podcast yesterday with the, uh, the number one, former number one sales guy from Tony Robbins organization, Eli Wild. And I was on his podcast and he asked me like, why did I decide when I was doing one-on-one sales at yellowpages.com, why did I decide to go take my sales skills and use it now one to many. Um, And I explained to him because like, I thought it was the next logical step. I learned how to pitch one-on-one really well. And then I thought, hmm, can I just take these skills and apply them to one to many? And now that's how we've built an eight figure business in four years is just from stage, essentially, virtual stages primarily. Now, in, in two weeks, it'll be very interesting. We're doing our first hybrid virtual event. We've already sold the event out. We have uh, about 100 seats in the room, and we'll have about 600 virtual. Um, and it's called the Fire Up Your Firm event in, in Lakeland, Florida. Um, just DM me if you guys are interested. It's going to be off the wall. We have Jocko Willink speaking there. Um, and in two weeks, I'm interviewing Brian Tracy. So um, make sure you guys are on my e- email list for that. Um, But long story short, the communication skill can take you from $100,000 or $200,000 a year to a million dollars a year. So if you're wondering, like right now, how do I go from where I'm at now? Because a lot of people on Breakfast of Champions, you guys are successful, right? You're thinking, how do I just tack on and how do I tack on another million? Or how do I get to my first million? It's communication. It's learning how to communicate better. And then the fourth level of value, this is where you can become a billionaire. Can someone unmute and say that magical word for me? Billionaire? Billionaire. Billionaire. Imagination. Billionaire. Billionaire. Okay. The only way to become a billionaire is on that fourth category, is in the imagination quadrant. So the highest level of value we can provide. Remember, this is a value equation. The lowest level is implementation. The second level is management. The third level is communication, okay? The fourth level is imagination. Imagination is where you use your mind and your words to change the world, to change an industry, right? Now, you're not in the communication side, you're not using your mind as much as you're using your words. In the imagination side, you're using each equally. Sometimes you're using the mind even more. Think a Steve Jobs, think a Elon Musk, right? Think someone who can communicate and has crazy ideas that they've taken action on, right? So do I have everyone's commitment that we're going to spend a little bit more time in 2022 in categories three, communication, and categories four, imagination? Yes. Already yes. done. Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. So you got to audit. We all got to do this. And I'm guilty of it all the time. Audit your calendar. Am I spending my time 
on communication imagination activities or am i trapping myself in doing in ray dalio's book principles he talks about designing precedes doing one of the reasons ray dalio became one of the top 15 richest men in the world at one point it, with bridgewater capital is he disciplined himself every single time he started doing something he asked himself wait a second should i should i stop doing this should i delegate it to someone else and can i design the system through which this thing i'm about to do will be done permanently throughout the future and it starts with micro moments it doesn't start with some sweeping change it goes you know what instead of picking up the phone this is a business lesson that I think a lot of us have learned in business. Instead of picking up the phone or handling a client problem, I'm going to spend one minute documenting our phone answering process so that I can then train, communicate to someone else. I can train someone else on how they can pick up the phone better than me so I don't need to pick up the phone anymore. And over time, through the process of documentation and training, we build a business, right? And that's one of the things that I've, you know, now that we have 40 full-time team members in, you know, four years, like, I, that's one of the things I've, I've constantly come back to is I'm not going to, although I love to think I'm talented and I love to think, oh, I could do a better job doing X. Like my close rate, when I got off of sales for my company, I was closing at 44%, which was hard on a high ticket offer, like what we, what we sell and 44%, I'm pounding my chest. Oh, I'm good at, I'm so good at sales. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then I'd look at my calendar and I was spending all my time on the communication level, but I wanted to get to the imagination level. So I had to give up sales. That was one of the hardest things ever. I had to hire my first salesperson and I had to discipline myself, right? A lot of times we think discipline is like doing stuff. Oftentimes when you're growing in your life, discipline is biting your tongue if you're a talented person and not doing stuff. Can I get a yes? Can I get a yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. So bite your tongue, discipline yourself to not do as much stuff. Yesterday on my talk show, I interviewed a guy who runs a $150 million business. And before the show, I asked him a question. I would call him on his cell phone because I like to prepare before I do my Tuesday talk show. Um, and I was, I was asking him like, okay, if every business owner on today's talk show, we had hundreds and hundreds of business owners live yesterday on our webinar show, um, the laws of business mastermind show. And we had like all these people on and, and I knew that a lot of people signed up for today, for yesterday's event. And I wanted to make sure the show as well. So I asked him what, if everybody here, his name is Mike. I said, Mike, if everyone here had $10 million plopped, like just plop, just put into their bank account, would they be able to scale their business? And he looked at me and he said, you know, yes and no. I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, I don't think everyone thinks that in, if they wanted to grow their business, they need more money in the bank. I need more money to spend on marketing. I need more money to spend on hiring. Right. Uh, and I'm so guilty of this thinking as well, thinking that money makes you more money and it can, but he, it was the, such a crazy epiphany that I had when I was interviewing, I was talking on the phone actually before the interview and I had this epiphany and he said, you know what? I wish the people here who want to learn how to get $10 million in their bank account, I wish they learned how to have gaps in their calendar. I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, I wish people who wanted to become wildly wealthy in their lives had the courage to enter their week 
with almost nothing scheduled. I was like, whoa, something's there. So I was like, can you explain? I'm talking to this guy one-on-one -on, -one on my cell phone. I'm, I'm like taking notes and I'm supposed to be preparing for my show, right? I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 what are you, what? He's like, you can't make more money if you don't have space. You can't take your life to the next level if you don't allow newness to enter your life. We can't grow. It makes sense, right? If we can't grow in our lives, if we just grind constantly and not critically think about what are we doing in those precious hours of ours. So he said, I wish more people had the courage to have an empty calendar. I wish more people entered Monday going, dang, I've either automated, delegated, or deleted so much from my life. I, I don't know what to do. So I start talking to him. I'm like, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, that's why I built a $150 million company is when you have the gaps in your life, you're able to just go to masterminds and learn from best practices and some of the highest performers in your industry. So he's in this billion dollar settlement mastermind with like these billion dollar firm uh, businesses that he masterminds with. So he spends time on masterminds, he spends time reading, he spends time brainstorming, whiteboarding, and he's got 170 employees in his company, right? And he just brainstorms and, and, and it sounds weird, but isn't that where growth comes sometimes when we hit a wall is from space. See, we're in a productivity, self-development, how to get the answers obsessed environment right now. I need to get all the answers. I need to stay busy. I need to work hard. I need to grind. I need to grind. I need to grind. Like it's a different kind of grind. It's a different hustle. One of my friends calls it a different hustle. Like last night, I got into the office and at 8.30 a.m. I didn't leave the office until 9 p.m. yesterday. I have 40 full-time team members, W-2 full-time employees. Did I have to stay there until 9 p.m.? No. I did it because I chose to. That is a different kind of hustle. I didn't have anything scheduled through 9 p.m. I was loving what I was working on. I did a podcast. I, I uh, called uh, uh, someone who's on my West Coast team and was problem solving with her. And I was and I just loved it. It was a choice. Right. So when the when our grind becomes a choice rather than a feeling of a false obligation when our grind becomes a choice rather than the feeling of a false obligation like that's where we explode in a good way that's where we start reaching the next level but you have to delete false obligations from your calendar false obligations are anything in your calendar that you feel guilty about canceling well if i cancel this I, I already already committed to this or this is how it is this is what i've always done anytime the thoughts in your head go this is what i've always done you know i'm already locked into this question that are you really locked into it i had three meetings booked yesterday with uh, department heads of my team and I, I messaged them at 8.30 p.m. I'm like, do we really need to do this meeting? And two of them replied back and they're like, yep, I do need this meeting. Here's why. Here are the bullet points we need to cover. I suggest we don't cancel this meeting. 
Like I'm always questioning, do I have to invest an hour of my time in X? Because I wanted to share this other thing. Like, what is your hourly rate? I want everyone to do the math on this. What's your true hourly rate? Okay, if you're if you want to be a billionaire. All right, let's see if it lets me. Okay, so uh, that uh, if you want to be worth a hundred million dollars, okay, and there is divided by three sixty five divided by forty hours in a day, or I'm sorry, twenty four. How many hours in a day? All right, hundred million divided by. I'm doing the math right now on my phone. 100 million divided by 365 divided by 24. Okay, that means that $11,400 per hour if you're worth $100 million. That includes sleep. <laughs> so we could divide this out and say, okay, let's cut out when we sleep, let's cut out weekends. That's BS, by the way, because you're always, if you're going to be worth $100 million, you're always going to be thinking about, you know, you're going to be thinking about. And by the way, when you're not thinking about it, that's an investment of when you are going to be thinking about it. Does that make sense to anyone here? Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. When you're not thinking about your work, that is an investment in when you are going to be thinking about your work. That's recharge time. That's time for you to wander. I'm, I, this weekend, uh, my wife and I booked out a Pocono house. We've done this once a month, every single uh, uh, month for the last three months. We'll just book a, book a house in the, uh, in, the up, in the mountain region of Pennsylvania. So on Friday, we're gonna drive out. There's no intention. We're gonna go snowboarding, skiing. And hey, if one idea pops up while I'm going on the slopes, great. That's an investment of higher quality thinking on Monday. That's an investment in when I come back from the slopes and I bring my, my bag of 15 books that I always bring with me anytime I go on a trip. I pick up one book, I read one sentence in that book, and that one sentence changes my entire next year. What is your hourly rate? I am telling you, like we, we just talked about this. The implementation is the lowest level of value. Anytime you do something, that's the lowest level of value. Anytime you manage something, that's the second lowest. Anytime you communicate something or become a better communicator, we're getting into that higher value category, second highest. And then the highest, highest, highest level of value is that imagination level. That's why when Perry Marshall, Perry Marshall is a, is a legendary marketer. He put out this, this document and it just changed the game. It's, it's in the book, 80, 20 sales and marketing. Anyone here ever heard of the 80, 20 principle? Say yes. Anyone? Yes. yes. Okay. So 80, 20 sales and marketing, by the way, is sales and marketing communication? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes, it is. It's all, it's all communication. It's all communication. Sales and marketing is all communication. So every book you've ever read on sales, marketing, how to get more clients, even how to make more money, most of these books are just how to communicate better in a group setting or on a one-to-one -one setting. So in this book, 80-20 Sales and Marketing, Perry Marshall talks about calculating your hourly rate. Now, the biggest mistake that people make here is they don't calculate their hourly rate based on who they will become. They calculate it based on who they are now. That's a mistake. Like right now, I'll give you a quick example on this. And this applies to any area of growth in your life. We're going, we're calculating our marketing budget right now for the year. And I went and I multiplied 20% uh, of our revenue projections for the year as our marketing budget. And it came out to like $4 million as our marketing budget this year. 
and we're breaking it down. Okay, how much do we have to spend in January, February, and March, Q1 of 2022? And so I have to spend, in order to reach my goal of $23.4 million this year, I have to spend 200 to three, I have to spend about $300,000 per month on marketing these three months of the first year of 2022. I am, I am spending more than 20% of my gross revenues because I know where I'm going. I'm not spending 20% of my current gross revenues. I'm spending 20% of my future gross revenues. Is my accountant going to say that that's the right decision? What do you think? No, my accountant's going to go, oh my gosh, you should spend less. Even my wife, Emily goes, really, Bill, we're going to spend that much on marketing? Yes. Look at where we're going. That's your job, everyone, to remind everyone around you, here's where we're going. Here's where we're going. Here's where we're going. And who's the most important person to remind yourself of when it comes to where you're going? yourself. If you're not reminded of where you're going, how could you possibly convince the group of those around you, your friends, your loved ones, your family, where you're going, right? So the biggest mistake when calculating your hourly rate is not doing it based on where you're going. So if you want to make a million dollars a year, okay, if you want to make, let's do this math real quick one more time. One million, okay, million dollars a year net profit, okay? We're going to divide this by 250 working days in a year if you really want to do that, okay? So that means $4,000 a day divided by an eight-hour day. That's a $500 hourly rate. Okay, you guys see how I did that? I did it on an eight hour day instead of 24 and on 250 working days instead of 365, all right? So you gotta ask yourself, if you wanna make a million dollars a year, is every single hour of your life equating to the hourly rate of the future you? And you'll very, very quickly realize that if any one-to-one task you're spending time on, it fades away into the abyss. Oh, well, I just got to handle this one client call. I just got to handle this one. Uh... Anytime you do that, once the task is done, it evaporates into an abyss. Okay, you can go hop on that sales call. You can go hop on that client call. You can go do that one-to-one activity and just know it's going to float away into the abyss and disappear. Which then challenges you to think, okay, again, how can I spend my time on $1,000 an hour tasks, $10,000 an hour tasks? So according to that book, Sales 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall, it talks about like, okay, your $1,000 an hour tasks, an example of that is planning your day. That's something you can spend 30 minutes on, and that is a $1,000 per hour use of your time. So spending 30 minutes on that is a $500 value in essence. $10,000 hour per hour, uh, $10,000 per hour uh, tasks in sales and marketing. Uh, number one, creating and refining your unique selling proposition. Redefining your positioning in the market executing on what he calls bolt from the blue ideas, big imaginative marketing ideas. Okay. Nurturing a key relationship. Public speaking is a $10,000 per hour task. Selecting team members, selecting someone, hiring someone essentially is a $10,000 per hour use of your time. Think about that. When you hire someone to your company, that person will be working with you 
for a very long time. So that one hour you spend selecting whether it's the right person is a $10,000 per hour use of your time. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.